0: thank you for traveling with amex platinum to your right you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property when booked through amex travel you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m late checkout that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex
1: warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical black buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco if you're an adult age 21 and older Around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free
0: shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few.
1: Go to TireRack.com slash Tirerack.com The way tire
0: buying should be.
1: What is going on, everybody? and Out Podcast with me, that's John Middlecoff, talking some football, or football Americano, as they say in Mexico. Uh, and uh, season back, baby! I got in the back screen of the TV in my office, I got NFL Network on, and it's about 3.30 today in the afternoon. And we are about 30 minutes away from on for my TV. It's Jets-Giants. And then at 4 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock, I got Cardinals-Chargers. So we got football. Now, real football, that might be a stretch. Preseason. And as we, it's becoming more clear by the day, preseason is going to be a thing of the past in this next CBA. Maybe two games. Hell, maybe none. We'll find out. But we ain't going to get four preseason games a year for too much longer. I think... We got two years left of this CBA. We're coming down the home stretch. So, uh, saw on Twitter before I hit record here, Matt Ryan, who Dan Quinn said was going to play, he's in shorts and a T-shirt. Like what? What? This preseason is a joke. It, it really is. But I'm going to talk about it today. I'm going to talk about it a lot today. John Gruden. Some of my main takeaways from Hard Knocks because I, I got some takes. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and just kind of their situation. They're in kind of a unique contract situation. And when they added Amari Cooper midseason, it made it even more complicated. Uh, the Nick Bosa today became official. He's out for preseason. 49ers injuries. I, I've never seen anything like it in the history of sports. I mean, they got, they got guys dropping like flies. But this time around, like D. Four Nick Bosa get hurt, guess what? You you acquire injured guys, you know, it's that's what happens. Guys get hurt. You know, you, you date... Uh, a girl who's cheated on her husband four different, you know, been married four different times because she cheats all the time. You can't be shocked when she cheats. So we'll dive into that. Uh, some some do's and don'ts, like what the scouting community is looking at for the preseason. I'll, I'll give you some things to look for and things that don't matter because I think a lot of times a preseason game ends and the casual fan thinks a guy did really well when he actually just didn't do much and vice versa. So we'll dive into that. And then, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff. Slide up into my DMs on Instagram. I always answer your questions. I I answer a lot manually. That's where I do a lot of interacting with the people. I like to stay in touch with you guys. And because Twitter is such a divisive, as the smart people say, place, I like Instagram. We can just have normal sports conversations. It's like what Twitter was five or six years ago. Much more friendly. And I I enjoy it a lot more. Interacting with people. At John Middlecoff. I answer your questions. Slide up in those DMs. But I'm going to start with this. Hard Knocks. And I, I had labeled it, and why would you not, the most anticipated Hard Knocks maybe ever. They, they had the biggest TV personality ever as a head coach over this stretch. Now Rex Ryan became one, but Rex Ryan wasn't Rex Ryan before the Hard Knocks. Bill O'Brien was a big deal, but I don't think most people in the country viewed Bill O'Brien as some future star, right? I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last weekend. Why? Because Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio were in it. And Margaret Robbie is just, I mean, gorgeous. But it, it, stars drive you to places, right? Stars get you to watch. And it was the second most watched Hard Knocks ever behind, uh, I guess, season premiere ever behind the New York Jets. Obviously, they're a much bigger market. But Rex Ryan, it, it, that makes sense. But I, I had some major takeaways from this Hard Knocks. And I was texting around people in the league and... And there were some things that just blew me away. And I said earlier this year, some of you, a lot of you guys are new listeners, that Chip Kelly and John Gruden, I, I I compared the two, and I and I'm not trying to say that John Gruden is much more accomplished than Chip Kelly. He's actually won a championship. He actually won meaningful games in his career in the NFL. But both those two guys made so much money after royal failures, and then just kept kind of being failures that when you fail, usually you have to do some introspection. Well, John Gruden failed, and ESPN gave him a ton of money, and everyone anointed him as just this genius, even though he hadn't coached at all for 10-plus years. And then at the end of those 10-plus years, Mark Davis gave him $100 million. Again, he hadn't actually done what he was being paid to do based on those 10 years because he'd just become a TV star. Chip Kelly fired in Philly after a disaster, hired immediately by the, uh, the 49ers. Then fired immediately after one season. And then basically had to sit out one year and hired immediately by UCLA. And it's been an utter disaster down there. But they keep making a ton of money. So in their mind, they have to keep thinking they're really smart. Even though they're not actually accomplishing anything. Now the one thing I respect about Gruden, and I compared him to this on Twitter. He used to be kind of like a a better looking offensive version of Bill Parcells. He swore all the time and he was just a raging asshole. And I and I use the word asshole in a good way. Like as a football coach, sometimes you have to be, especially when that's your personality. Well, my big takeaway on Tuesday of Hard Knocks was there was a scene when Jonathan Abram, their first round pick, was tackling people without pads. And for those of you that you know have never been around Division I football practice or an NFL practice, and I know we got junior college and high school coaches, a lot of people listen. I don't know exactly how high school football this day and age works. But definitely in the NFL and 100% in college, you work on, because you're not always in pads, practicing at full speeds without tackling. It's basically like full speed two-hand touch, but running it at a high level of football. And it's why John Gruden in that scene lost it on Jonathan Abram. Like, we don't do that here. But Jonathan Abram would have known they don't do that there. He's from the SEC at Mississippi State. They 100%... Had full spree, speed, basically walkthroughs in shorts and a t shirt. That was as egregious. And if you follow anyone, you know, former NFL players, former NFL coaches talking about this, they were all, they thought it was ridiculous from Abrams' standpoint. So Gruden was 100% in the right. And then he tried to talk to him like a nice guy. Because the one thing that comes through in this broadcast is the old John Gruden that we know and love, the, the kind of the crazy a hole, is kind of gone. And whether he softened up because he's become so rich, and I know a lot of people, and I've had some people in the league. Buddy Jeff Schwartz on Twitter was like, "He can't act like he used to act." And I agree to an extent, but I do think that any competitor—even I'm—I'm an older version of a millennial. But if you are in the wrong and you get screamed at, any competitor worth their salt can handle it. Now, at the at the at the exact time of getting screamed at, we don't all handle it the same. But if we're wrong, I think most, especially men—I'm just speaking for men can overcome getting screamed at. When we're wrong. And old school Gruden would have lit him up like a Christmas tree. And if anything, Gruden was nice to him. And he started bitching back and forth. I I, I was... My jaw hit the floor. I've never seen anything like that. I talked to a couple people in the league saying they've never seen anything like that. Now, taking a little bit with a grain of salt. Because there's a camera right there. But it was crazy. I actually think Gruden has gone too far the other way. He's too nice now. Gruden hung his hat on being kind of crazy. And he's not crazy anymore. But the one element that he is kind of crazy in is that he's kind of the modern day Al Davis. As a buddy in the league texts me, he's got a team that doesn't listen to him. He's got a bunch of renegades. Well, that's all. That's the Raiders. They always accumulate. They don't care about character. Like, that. that's a team not really full of character anymore. That's why when they turned the corner three years ago, guess what they were defined by? Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and Derek Carr. Three guys full of high character. Like that, just you tell them to jump, they say how high. And you see this team, you got Jonathan Abram doing who knows what. You got Vontez Burphy you got Richie Incognito. You got Antonio Brown, who's personal trainer. The NFL is not the NBA. Uh, players' personal trainers, it's not normal to see them on the field with the coach. I feel like John Gruden is just kind of running a loosey-goosey ship. And, that, and unlike... As John Madden, who was by far the best part of Hard Knocks, talked about the seven-man sled that cured hangovers because Al Davis had one of the craziest teams ever in the 70s under John Madden. But you know what they also were while they were crazy? One of the most talented teams ever. Full of Hall of Famers. And yeah, they drank and did who knows what, all kinds of drugs all the time, but they kicked the shit out of people on the field. Hall of Famers at every level of every position. Stars. And a star head coach who was not taking any crap. And they kicked ass. This team has a bunch of renegades that I don't even think is going to listen to anyone. And they're not talented enough. I mean, you could argue they have one of the worst front sevens on paper in all the NFL. And you see it. Like, you're watching it. You go, God, no one's really listening to anyone. And I've said this all the time about Derek Carr. And he gets knocked for being a little cheesy, whatever. Do you know what he is? He's a very coachable player. Did you notice he was one of the lone guys in the, that was kind of featured, that was listening, that would? Oh, what do you want, Coach? Yeah, Coach. What do you like, this Coach? Like actually interacted like a normal professional. And I've always said this about Derek, and and I put Khalil and Amari, who are long gone now. They were three guys that were unlike the typical players the Raiders have had over the last you know since they've been shitty. They were actually high character players that listened, who were also talented. And now they got a bunch of guys. Now, Antonio Brown's really talented, but he's not a big listener. He's going to do his own thing. Richie, who knows with that guy. Jonathan Abram ain't listen to a soul. That When you have a bunch of players that don't listen, and when we talk about character, I don't just mean like avoiding the police. I mean doing the right thing every moment of every day, listening everything you're told, even when it's wrong. That's how you have success in football. There's a hierarchy in football. When the coach tells you something, you do it. And you can tell me this generation is different than that. Well, it works for Belichick. It works for Andy Reid. Works for Doug Peterson now in Philly. It's working for Nagy in Chicago. You get high-level guys, they listen to you. And I, I think it was a very good representation of, listen, if Derek succeeds or fails this year, you could argue that him, even the slightest bit of success that he had in Oakland, was incredible. Because people don't go there to succeed. It's too hard. You're around too many crazy players. That Gruden doesn't factor in character anymore, and he—I don't know how good of an evaluator he is. You know, I mean, they take Jonathan Abram in the first round. It's a passing league where you're not really allowed to hit as a defensive back. So, what do they? T- what do they take? Basically, Cam Chancellor 2.0. Well, that doesn't really work in 2019. You—you you can't just you know fly in and take people out. You will get flagged. You get thrown out of games. Now, I don't agree with that. I, in theory, I love guys like Jonathan Abram. But the rules have changed. You can't play like that anymore. So, I I just think the Raiders, man, I I, I want to like Gruden. I want him to be this old school badass, but he's a changed guy. He's just too rich. He's just gotten softer. And you can tell me you got to be softer for the millennials. Bullshit. I, I I don't think that's true if you're in the right. Now, do you have to scream at him about everything 24-7? No. You can't just be, you know, screaming at him for everything. But when the guy's in the wrong, NFL players, whether you're 21 or 38 years old, can handle getting yelled at when they are wrong. Because every football player that's played college football or in the NFL, when they were watching Hard Knocks on Tuesday and saw Abram talking back to John Gruden, it, it, it was it was eye opening. It, it really was, and I feel for Carr. And my, my other takeaway is their team's just not very good. They're, and they're definitely not
0: good enough to be an undisciplined team. That, that, that was wild. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n. That's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. You know, some people, especially like motivational people, will tell you, you don't make your own luck like you create it, right? You've been working forever, which I completely agree. Everything you do, as long as you keep working, you keep swinging, things are going to start happening for you. I'm in agreement there. But I also believe there is just some, there's an element of luck in anyone's life for sure, but in any business. And same for a football team, especially when you draft guys in the middle rounds. Because when you draft guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you're not, on the day you pick them, or even potentially that first year, never assuming that they're going to be a 10 $15, 20000000 million player. And if you take a quarterback not in the first round, or probably even early in the second, you're probably assuming he's going to be a backup at best. And I, I mean, we see it, I, I see it all the time in the Bay Area with how much these tech companies have benefited. It's just the perfect time. The internet exploded, social media, Zuckerberg had a great idea, Twitter had a great idea, and it just, Instagram, it just, they all just took off. But th- there was a timing element. Now, obviously, they make a lot of sense. They work perfectly with what's going on in like present day time. But there's just, there's an element of timing that, it's a little lucky. Let's just call it what it is. There's nothing wrong with being, wrong with being lucky. What's well, the famous saying? I'd rather be lucky than good. There is an element of bad luck, I, I think, when you look at the Cowboys, that they have a quarterback that is now up for a contract. that, When three years ago, because I've seen some people on Twitter, like they should have planned this out better. Well, the only guy they truly planned a couple years ago that was going to be potentially one day expensive was Zeke Elliott. Because they drafted him in the top five. like that was, There was no luck involved there. They're like, we're taking this guy in the top five. Take a running back in the top five. You think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. They thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He might be a Hall of Famer. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Like He's really good. So you knew I might get eight, nine years out of this guy. I'm probably going to have to pay him one big contract. Amari Cooper wasn't even a thought in the back of their mind a couple years ago. He was thriving in Oakland or even a year ago before Gruden got there. Obviously, they were going to build around Amari. Khalil and Derek. Now two of the three guys are gone, and then Dak Prescott a couple years ago was a mid round pick. And then everything happened fast with Tony, and then he had a good year as rookie year, but kind of took a step back. And then last year everything kind of changed when they traded for Amari, but it was not looking good for Dak or or clearly Amari middle of the season. And then Amari gets traded to Dallas, and then Dak kind of resurrects the season. And now you got three guys that you got to pay. And I, I just don't think they really could have planned for that because a year and a half ago, no one was, no one was saying Dak Prescott was going to sniff $30 million a year. Amari Cooper was never going to be on the Raiders. And Zeke, <laughs> he was suspended at the time. Now, Dak and Amari are going to be free agents. So that is a present day problem. But Zeke, who has two more years of his contract, who I think, if you had Zeke on your team from day one and it was clear early on he was really good, you start planning for that. But he's holding out and he still has two years left. And he's the major wild card because he's always in trouble. I think there's an element of just bad luck here. There really is. Of like, they're just in this weird position that they probably thought like the only thing, the only forward thinking, maybe quote unquote progressive thing they could have done, and maybe they did, need he denied. Is try to sign Amari last year during the season, so he gets there, he starts killing it. Try to give him a you know a contract. The problem for Amari, I don't Dallas is quote unquote offering him a top five contract. I don't think he's a top five wide receiver. So if anything, Dallas is kind of attempting to overpay, and Dak somewhat has the Cowboys you know by the cojones because he's a quarterback, and like Amari, he definitely shouldn't be that highly paid you know, a top five quarterback. But he is a quarterback. Now, worst case scenario, I'm just franchising Dak. I'm not letting Dak push me around. Though, that's not great business. I've said over and over, I would try to offer Dak something like a four-year, $85 million contract. And I would guarantee every penny. I would guarantee every penny. Because I'm not paying Dak Prescott $30 million a year. That's not happening. I'm not paying Amari Cooper $20 million a year. Now, what is potential... You know what, what does have potential to happen with this team is if they are really good, and I think they are going to be really good, assuming all three of these guys play, Dak could be fine. I mean, his ceiling's kind of capped, but Amari could be really good, and then his number goes way up. So I would be actively trying to sign Amari to something like $18 million a year, somewhere in the $50 to $60 million a year guaranteed range. Zeke obviously should be the lowest paid player despite being the best player of the three but he plays the position that is valued at the least and he's also the biggest pain in the ass because he's always in trouble over dumb stuff it just becomes really complicated again a lot of people blasting the cowboys a lot of people saying that they created this i really think it just it kind of a year ago today or let's say not even a year ago you know at the end of september early on in october they were 3 and 5 Dak was headed nowhere. The only player that we viewed was good out of these three was Zeke. We thought Amari stunk because in Oakland it was it was a train wreck, and Dak wasn't playing very well. And then Amari came, they traded a first-round pick, resurrected Dak's career, and Zeke has just maintained being Zeke. He's just really good. He's sweet. The problem with paying Zeke, who in theory should be the easiest one to pay out of the bunch, you just never know when he's going to get in trouble, and he plays running back the easiest position to replace. The problem is you already invested a really high pick, And you just hit it with him. You don't want to let him go. It becomes complicated. But unlike the other two guys, Zeke actually has two years left on his contract. Like, I I just... I don't envy Jerry's position here. Because they can kind of talk a big game. And I know Coward's been talking a lot about it. You know, negotiating through the press or whatever. Saying they're making generous offers. But if none of these guys accept... Which, they all have high-priced agents. They all... You know, definitely Amari and Zeke would get money on the open market. You know, Dak... I think he'd be a little more complicated. Because someone DM'd me the other day, like, if you let Dak hit the open market, who is paying Dak $30 million a year? And my first response, nobody. But we see the way the NFL works. You never know what older quarterbacks will get hurt this season and kind of be done. You just never know. But i would with you. Amari hit free agency, someone would overpay him. Zeke hit free agency, someone would pay him way more than Le'Veon Bell. Dak hit free agency? We talk about a market economy. Great part about capitalism, right? Let a free market. Let's see what you're worth. Well, let's Amari and Dak hit free agency. I know which one would have much more value, and that'd be Amari. Now, obviously, the quarterback is the more valuable position. Who's giving Dak a hundred million dollars? Just go through the even the shitty teams that need quarterbacks. The the Bengals, no way. Uh, I mean, who else? Who needs a quarterback? I can't even, most teams have a young quarterback or an older guy that can still play. I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater for like eight million than Dak for thirty. So Dak, sign a quote-unquote team-friendly deal. You're you were still getting the bag, as the kids love to say. Amari, you should want to stay in Dallas because the team's good. They like you. You know if they're offering you 17, 18 million dollars a year, you should sign it. And Zeke, you deserve the most. But I just don't feel that bad. The you know what, what do you expect them to do? You're they can't trust you. They they cannot trust you from avoiding trouble. So when you see the Cowboys, like they've created this, they're bad at the cap. Like Again, we we were in the middle of October last year, and none of this was going to be a problem. Shows you how fast things change in life, in football. I mean, anything in life can change at the drop of a hat. You just never know. Who knew at this point in time last year, Khalil Mack was still in the Raiders at the exact time I'm recording this a year ago today, let alone Amari Cooper is going to be on the Cowboys? Who would have thought one formula in the draft that's, that's relatively tried and true, because in the NFL, like in the NBA, I I feel for their scouts, how hard it is to identify, obviously, because like Zion, but just most of the guys that have played eight months of college basketball. Yeah, I mean, you're drafting a 19-year-old. In college football, like, Quinnen Williams is an outlier because he was really just a one-year starter. Being a one-year starter and being drafted high you're an outlier cuz we have limited information right when you when you draft a player it's just all based on information how talented you are how productive you've been what the coaches tell you know say about you there from a character and tangible standpoint you're able to accumulate 3 years of information i mean some scouts even go back to high school but the 3 year of information in college minimum is really powerful i got 3 years of information on you as a player as a person and i'm never shocked when someone comes into the NFL and acts or plays exactly like they did in college. Like, oh, Josh Allen overthrew another guy. Well, of course he did. He's been overthrowing people probably since he was 12 years old. Oh, Zeke's in trouble again. Well, yeah, Zeke gets in trouble a lot. You know, Nick Bosa's injured again. Well, yeah, Nick Bosa's injured a lot. Too often we go, oh, that's he's injured. That's a freak deal. Is it a freak deal? Now, I have some somewhat of a theory on injuries. And I don't know if this pertains to Nick Bosa. But I do th- think it pertains to just athletes in general. And we've seen a ton of injuries with NBA players. I do think there was somewhat of a benefit in the 70s and 80s and probably even the 90s when professional athletes just took a couple months off and just drank and hung out. And didn't you know train to the extreme with their trainer on their own, and just let their bodies heal, and were able to come back and handle two a days or handle really intense NBA games, and not shatter legs and ACLs and have these crazy injuries. It actually feels like we had less injuries. Now their careers were shorter, but there has to be some sort of balance. Like I'm not a parent. Hopefully, we'll be in the next. You know, I don't put a timetable on it. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting getting the itch, though i got to meet someone to have babies with. But I have a lot of friends that have young kids. I know a lot of people listening probably have young kids. Like, there is a huge benefit, and I don't blame you for doing it, and I do it too, to handing your 5-year-old your, the iPad so they stop crying, to give your 8-year-old just some video games so they stop crying and bothering you. Like I, I get it. I would do the same. Like, my parents just had to put up with me. But I do think my generation, I'm not trying to go old school here, and obviously the generation before me, are probably a little bit better about interacting with people because we're used to it. Like how this generation of kids from like 5 to 15, hell, I mean I I have friends, family friends that have kids that are like 17, 18. I had a good family friend that told me he went to his high school, I think his, his son's in ninth grade. He didn't chaperone the school dance, but he had obviously some of his friends that also have kids did chaperone the dance. They said, now this it's always been normal, right? There are some, you're just not as comfortable dancing with a girl right away. Someone has to break the barrier. But he said there were guys on one side, girls on the other side, texting each other. He said it was the darndest thing he's ever seen. Well, there's going to be a generation of people that struggle to communicate. And I think we're now seeing a generation of guys that constantly get injured because they overwork. Now, their careers for the guys that are healthy potentially last longer, But I I do think there is just something to the wear and tear of these guys isolating on individual sports when they're young and just hammering home, working out, working out, playing, playing, working out, working out, training, training. Like, Larry Bird used to just hang out and drink beers in the offseason. Hell, Michael Jordan drank during the season. Elway. These, These guys weren't living and dying 365. Like, there is a balance to it. Now, I also think there are some people, some human beings, I'm not a doctor. Just have a couple state school degrees. Never could have gotten to medical school. Not smart enough. Just, you know, I I don't even know how I got into Cal Poly. I'll promise you this. If it's 2019, I'm not getting in. But that are just more likely to get injured than others. Like, for example, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald play on the lines. They hit people every play. And they never get hurt. Yet Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa... Who are just like those two guys, elite talents. And I'll say one thing. I've been at Niner practice, was there earlier this week, went last week. Nick Bosa, as a player, and if you've been listening to this a while, you know I was hard on him. I I thought his ceiling was a little lower. He looks fantastic. He's dominating practice against two really good defensive or offensive tackles, Joe Staley and McGlinchey. Like, he looks good against high level offensive tackles. So he's the real deal. But for whatever reason, unlike Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald, I mean, there are countless examples. He just gets hurt a lot. And I don't know if that's genetics. And you would say, well, based on his brother, yeah, it might be. Or if it's just there's a randomness. I don't know. Just because they put they play football too much. From I don't know why. But I do know one thing. That when the Niners, like, I can't be shocked that Nick Bosa is hurt for the second time in his 49ers career. It's August 8th. He has not even played an NFL game. Why? Because he was hurt in college. He was hurt in high school. He showed me who he was. Now, is that because the Boses, whose dad was an NFL player, they focused too much on football as a younger age? I don't know. I, you'd have to do a deeper dive on that. Though, I do think that impacts other players. Now, don't get me wrong. There are examples of people that were hurt in college that come to the pros and stay healthy. There were examples of people in college bad character guys, Tyron Matthew, who now you could argue is like the highest character team leader in the league, turned his life around. So there are exceptions to the rule. But I'd say pretty consistently, pretty damn consistently, if you're inaccurate in college, you're inaccurate in the pros. If you're a bad guy in college, you're a bad guy in the pros. If you're hurt in college, you're hurt in the pros. Like it stays pretty consistent. It's like things don't typically change there. As most, as a football coach or scouting term would often be, a leopard doesn't change its spots. A leopard doesn't change. You're getting what you're acquiring. He's already kind of proven what you are. Now, like in again, my example with the NBA. Who knows with a 19 year old guy, but when you're getting a 21, 22 year old guy, he may mature a little. But physically, like if he's injured all the time in college, he's probably not going to get injured less in a more physical. You know, in the league. So i I say it sucks for the Niners, and they're already saying it might be a high ankle sprain. He might not even be there for week one. Uh, I, I was at the practice where he tore his hammy, the first OTA of his career. He, I saw on Twitter this morning or yesterday when he got injured. I wasn't at the practice, but I, I, I'm I'm not shocked. How could I be? He already showed me that he's probably going to get injured in, 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 in the pros. Now,
0: did I think he was going to get injured this fast? No, but at the end of the day... Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need. Like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover. And I I wrote down some things, and really quick before I dive in, I I got the Baker Mayfield just his first drive of the preseason. One thing that matters when you're watching the preseason, or just any quarterback, it can't be overstated. Like, Baker Mayfield's best attribute is accuracy, and it's elite. When you have elite accuracy, it's impossible to fail. And then you factor in he's tough, he throws a good, like he just throws a, uh, like he has high velocity on his passes. He's got a natural feel in the pocket. Like, he's going to be a really good player. He can't fail if he stays healthy. It's impossible. He's too accurate. Browns, I mean, they got some dudes on offense. But it's easy to, the Baker Mayfield, all the good players, right? We see Baker Mayfield making plays, Sam Darnold, whoever, young starters. The preseason is about fringe bubble players. Backup wide receivers. Backup running backs. Backup pass rushers. Guys trying to make the team. I think most teams... Coming into their first preseason game, they have a 90-man roster. I think they got about 60 guys that they think can make the team. So out of 53 players, there's probably 7 fringe guys. But there's also probably 5 guys between 60 and 65 that have a chance to shock people. That have done some things in practice, but were undrafted free agents. People are still lukewarm on, and it's kind of a wait-and-see process. But, for as much as coaches love practice, and they love practice, they do value preseason games against another opponent and showing out. They also don't value things that I think we care about. Like, you have to put everything in context. Not every touchdown is created equal. Not every sack is created equal. So, when you're watching these players, and I'm talking about the backups trying to make the team, you have to factor these things in. So, let's just... I'm gonna start on offense. Quarterback. Like, it's not necessarily about how successful a drive is because guys may drop passes. They may be playing guys that are gonna be selling insurance in two months. But is the quarterback? Is he accurate? If he's accurate, he has a chance. And then his arm strength. Like, if it is in a cold weather city, he can't have a terrible arm. He has to have a baseline level of arm strength. With alignment. Like, there is movement and strength. Now, if you run a zone running scheme, you have to be a good enough athlete. If you're not, you have no chance to make it. So, if you get exposed in these game situations where you can't hang running and staying mirrored with a defensive lineman, you're done. You got no chance. This is a tricky position because a lot of guys in the fourth quarter will rack up 100 yard games as a running back. Like, a running back will have eight carries and 75 yards. And he'll do a couple of those and all of a sudden you'll look and the league leader at running back for the preseason will have like 250 yards. Well, is he running through wide open holes? Because as we know, on Sundays in the fall, there aren't wide open holes. There are small creases that close at warp speed. So, are you making guys miss? Are you breaking tackles? Are you creating the space? Because if you're busting 20-yard runs, there's not a defender in sight. And the scouting community doesn't give you much credit for that. So, just because you have yards, how did you get the yards? Were they... Did you create them? Like, or did you get two huge blocks that are wide open? And I, I think you got to be very careful when you're watching that. And then, obviously, the burst, the feet, how explosive a guy is, his ball security. You know, can he break tackles at the goal line? I think a wide receiver... Now... As a fan, you're just watching on TV, you don't necessarily get to break down the all-22 of their route running. But route running matters. But the, the the big thing that matters is when you are given chances to make plays, when the ball hits your hands, you catch the ball, and then once the ball's in your hands, what do you do? Do you make a guy miss? Do you make plays in the open field? Can you run by guys? Can you break a tackle? Can you go up and catch a contested ball when you're being covered? You have to be able to do that stuff And then the play speed once the ball's in your hand. Like, do you play slow once the ball's in your hand? Same with running backs. Or do you play faster? Because a lot of guys look fast in practice. They get comfortable. The lights come on in these preseason games. It's like, where the hell's the guy we've been seeing in practice? Well, you know, is just the moment a little too big? Is he a little scared? Is is he not good enough? I think there are a lot of factors, but that's being evaluated by front offices. So when you do those things, you stand out. Now, here are a couple things that do not matter. Just because you get a sack, no one cares. Because as we all notice in these preseason games, especially in the fourth quarter of these games, and obviously in the fourth preseason game, there are some terrible offensive linemen. You know, in baseball, they use the term a lot, right? Swing and miss. Well, offensive linemen in the preseason often swing and miss. And when you swing and miss, and a defensive lineman is unimpeded and sacks the quarterback, that doesn't mean that much to a scouting community. And if you can rack up two or three of those because you're playing against third stringers, no one cares. Now, as a pass rusher, if you're engaging, shedding, beating guys with speed, you can really stand out. I vividly remember my first year in the league. I was evaluating. I had a couple teams, and I was watching Purnell McPhee. And it was like, holy Jesus. He was, I think, a fifth-round pick. Turns out what happened, or maybe a fourth-round pick. Well, he made the team, and he went on to have a good career. But, I mean, he was he was beating people you know who were who were decent players. Now if if no one's blocking you, I no one you don't get any credit on that. Just like touchdowns, a little like sacks. If you get a rushing touchdown and there was not a defender within 10 yards of you, no one cares. If you get a passing touchdown and it's because of a blown co- coverage, you don't get credit for that. Now if you're a receiver and you catch a passing touchdown and there's a receiver draped or corner draped all over you and you make a great play, That you stand out. Like, I remember Victor Cruz. I was at Victor Cruz's first ever game in the NFL. It was preseason. It's the game that was on tonight. Giants-Jets. And he just made plays. I mean, I think he had three touchdowns. And a couple of them were just spectacular. Like, you make guys miss. You juke a guy out. You catch a ball over a guy's face. It's just like, holy hell. This guy's going to be a player. And he went on to have a really good career. But I've seen a lot of guys that... You know the the preseason ends. They've had ten catches, two hundred yards, and three touchdowns. And two of the three touchdowns were because a DB tripped and he he basket caught the ball in the end zone. Like I'm sorry, you don't get credit for that. And when I, I'm talking from like a GM or a scout thinking about claiming a guy or thinking about making the team, this is how they look at it because this is this is the busiest time of the year for the scouting community. Uh, and like I said with the wide receivers, you have to make plays with the ball in your hand. Like you just what's the number one thing a coach says? Make plays. The often says in the South, get our playmakers in position and let them make plays. When the ball's in your hand, make plays. Make plays. It's a, it's, very, it's a remedial statement, right? It's just very basic. Make plays. Just make a play. Some guys make plays, some guys don't. The telltale sign for a defensive back, especially a corner, because I would say the majority of corners in the NFL right now can run. Slow corners don't really cut it anymore, in really any scheme. You have to be probably the slow. The average corner speed is probably four, four, seven in the NFL. So ninety-five percent of corners can really run. But the thing that separates guys in the NFL, in really any level, but you have no chance to make it in the NFL as a corner if you have no instincts, none. You have to play the ball in the air. Now it's easier said than done because you're obviously not looking at the ball you're looking at the wide receiver but some guys like have eyes in the back of their helmet. Some guys just have a feel for space. Do you have spatial awareness? Do you have the instincts to play the ball? I'm talking about shooting your hands up when you're not even looking. It's it's it sounds hard, let alone it actually being super hard. It's really difficult. But it's why DBs, you know, make good money and have long careers because the ones that are good at it, it's a pretty chill position. You're out on an island. You just get to lock people down, and once they think you're good, they don't even throw your way that often. But you have to have instincts. And then to me, safety, uh, the modern-day safety, you got to be able to tackle. Because now with so many DBs on the field so often, because so many teams are going four and five wide, now some of those wides might be tight ends but you, you, or even running backs, but they're spreading the field, you're basically another linebacker. So you are... You're asked to make a lot of plays now, just tackling in the open field. A lot of a lot of plays get to your level. Can you tackle? And I think that speaks for linebackers, too. More than ever, the dying breed in the NFL is the two-down mic. They, they don't exist. As a linebacker, if I was scouting the preseason guys, any young guy, and I'm talking like 5th, 6th, 7th rounders, undrafted free agents, fringe guys to make the team, you have to be able to move in space. You have to be a sideline-to-sideline side guy. You have to have some instincts and coverage because I'm going to ask you to check running backs and tight ends, but you have to be a good athlete. I I don't think bad athletes, because also if you're not a starting linebacker, you have to play on special teams. That means covering. That means tackling a space. That means running down the field on punts and kickoffs. You got to be able to run. I, I would say there's never been a bigger emphasis on running uh, and just play speed from from linebacker play now in the NFL, especially backup linebackers, because usually, you know, you come in on sub packages. Uh, that they need you to be athletic. Hell, you're not you're not even a sub package player anymore. All starting linebackers now, for good teams, have to be athletic. You have to be able to move in space. So keep an eye on those things because just because a guy makes a tackle, well, if the guy's not looking, no one cares. If a guy makes a sack, well, did the offensive lineman didn't even touch him? Oh, guy caught a sweet touchdown the DB fell 20 yards behind him. So just everything's in context in the preseason. Stats, like the regular season, stats matter. I mean, if, you, if you're if you in the regular season, you catch eight balls, you have 110 yards and two touchdowns, you're a baller. In the preseason, it doesn't mean as much because who's covering you? They're running very vanilla plays. So just be careful when you're watching. I tried to give a little, some keys, just putting your back of your mind as you're watching football uh, the next
0: couple weeks.
1: roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's, uh, let's get to the the Bailbag. Favorite segment of the week, NFL question. As fans, we judge success of a GM based on talent, acquisitions, and wins and losses. Do owners measure success the same way? I would think organizational profitability, how much money the team makes, also plays a role in how some GMs are measured. If that is the case, who are the best GMs when success is viewed beyond just the field of performance? Well, you make the most money in this league when you win. In pro sports, you generate the most... Like, there's a baseline of cash... Every, this is not the NBA. Every owner's printing cash. Because you're getting a $275 million check at the end of the year. Your players cost you $180 million. Your coaches probably cost you $10 million. So you do the math. I mean, you're, you're banking. like That's why Mark Davis and the Bengals, they're making money no matter what. Now, when you win, when you're New England, when you're Pittsburgh, when you're Philly, you print it. You print it. Like the Giants have been shitty the last couple years and they're printing it. Imagine when they win. I I don't think there are many GMs in this league that don't win and aren't good. I, I don't now you can have a bad year, right? I I think for the most part it goes hand in hand with success. Because when you're winning, you're generating cash. So I I think that I I can't think of someone who quote-unquote didn't win and was still who I would consider successful. I'm trying to go around the league in my head. Yeah, it's just you got to win games to kind of take. Like, you can make money, right? The Cowboys are kind of unique, but Jerry's their GM. (laughs) They were bad and they were still making a ton of cash. I would say for the most part, like the reason the Eagles are so highly valued, they've been winning for 20 years. If they had been the Raiders for the last 20 years, they would not be the same. Like, the Redskins, I think, are probably an example of somewhere they're just in such a major market and have such a brand, but they always lose. But I don't think anyone views Bruce Allen like he knows what he's doing because he doesn't. So I think most GMs that we think are good, John Schneider, Seattle always wins. Belichick, they always win. The Steelers guy, they always win. You know, Veach and Dorsey, their teams in Kansas City always win. The Packers guys, they always win. So the Eagles, Howie Roseman, they always win, right? It's hard to be a good GM and lose. It just doesn't doesn't really work like that.
0: Uh,
1: let's see. I'm kind of going all over the place. What did you think of Kiz, Kitchens... This is a little live question. What did you think of Freddie Kitchens using the two-minute drill as the only series for the starters? I like that. I actually give Freddie a lot of credit. You're not going to play your starters like a normal game. So you run... They played one series, for those of you listening, and they ran it like a two-minute drill. They were going no huddle, hurry up. I was watching in the background while I was talking. It was a clinic. It was moving at rapid speed. I, I think that is very, very smart. Because you know you're not leaving Baker in there multiple series, so we might as well run it like a practice. Don't just like just run plays to run plays. Make it situational. And Baker, he was awesome, and you know they weren't playing Odell. I don't even think Jarvis was playing. But that, that was smart. I, I give Freddie a lot of credit. More teams. If you're only going to use your starters for a period or two, not a period, but a series or two, you might as well just go two-minute drill. Go four-minute drill. Do do some sort of drill. Go, hell, make it like where you're trying to get in field goal range, where you have a, a clock that's just basic, like you only have two minutes. Like literally make it where you have two minutes. So you guy's getting out of bounds. Like force create a situation Absolutely loved it, man. Uh, Big fan from the UK. Hypothetically, if Brady got injured in early season, could the Patriots and Belichick still find a way to win, or would would the void be too big to patch up? My thoughts are they could still get out of the division, but would lose soon after. I think if Tom Brady got hurt tomorrow... And they had to play the entire season with Brian Hoyer. I think they would make the playoffs. I think they would probably be one and done in the playoffs. But I think one hundred percent the Patriots could win ten games with Brian Hoyer. One, one, actually one thousand percent they could win ten games with Brian Hoyer. Could they win a playoff game? Are they beating the Chiefs? Are they beating the Steelers? Are they beating the Chargers? Hell, are they beating the Browns? Probably, probably not. No. So I, I would uh, I would agree with you there. It's a, in a copycat league, why hasn't any other team copied any of the Patriots' methods of success? Some obvious examples. They have players with sorry, I clicked off, with either a bruised ego or none at all. Well, I mean obviously, most teams want a player with no ego. That's, that's easier said than done. Played in a system that isn't run or pass oriented, so you need a coordinator that can do both. Most teams don't have that, but solely focused on winning the game at hand. They game plan adjust every week. To take advantages out of the weekly opponent, again, that's Belichick, so most teams don't have Belichick, actually no teams have Belichick, except except New England, and they can plan any weather conditions. Where most teams try to accumulate talent by having two or three superstars, the Pats have far more balanced accumulation of talent. They may not have a top 10 guy at eight positions, but they have the most talented or most competent team overall. When factoring in the reserves, I can list more examples, I, I, I see what you're saying. At the end of the day, their biggest point of difference are two humans, and it's really one human. It's the coach. He can coach every position. He's a better position coach than every position coach in the league. He's a better head coach than every head coach in the league. He also has the greatest quarterback ever planned for him. And I don't know if Josh McDaniels is ever going to be a good head coach. Maybe he'll resurrect his career. We've seen a lot of guys get fail in their first opportunity and make the most of their second opportunity. But he's an elite coordinator. And him and Tom are clearly on the same page, and they dominate. So I, I think the Patriots have a massive exa- advantage that they have Belichick and they have Brady. Brady keeps taking these discounts. The coach can yell at him. That means the coach can yell at other players. It makes it a little easier. Like every human, whether it's football or whether it's me sitting in my office right now, people have egos. People believe, you know, people believe in themselves. People now there, there's to me there's a balance of having like a toxic ego. And having an ego where you think you're really good at whatever you do, and I think the Patriots, I think the Patriots get a lot of normal players that a lot of other teams like, and then they just kind of mold them once they get them. I don't think once they acquire that individual player that they're getting that much different of a guy than let's say like the Bengals or the Cowboys or the Niners sign. I think now once that individual gets there. If you've ever read where former players talk about, they always say, "Well, in that building, it was way different than any place I'd ever been." What they what they demanded of me mentally, physically, the demand on just the the standard that I had to hold myself to, the amount of football they expect me to know, and that they're teaching me. So you, you can't duplicate that, and we see all these coaches that leave the Patriots and go out into the uh, to other teams, and they can't duplicate it. They've tried; it just consistently fails. Now your example where you talk about guys with a chip on their shoulder. Here's what I'd say about the chip on their shoulder guy. They've gotten a lot of guys, just thinking off the top of my head, Akeem Tlaib, Revis. I think they tried to sign Sue the one year. They've just gotten players over the years that chose them because they thought they could win. Like, those players had other offers. So they've benefited a lot these last 10 years, and this is what happens when you're good. It happened with LeBron in Miami. It's happened with the Warriors in Golden State. People want to play with winners, especially older veterans that quote unquote have their chip on their shoulder. They will take less to come play for you. David West did it for the Golden State Warriors. He would not have done that for random team X. A lot of players over the years have done that for Brady and Belichick. They would not do that for, you know, the Bucs, the Seattle. That's just not how it works in the NFL. So they they have some advantages that they created. But their biggest advantage is the 67-year-old head coach. He's just kind of on a different level. And part of him being on a different level is that he's got this thing so established and such a well-oiled machine that it just – you talk to anyone that runs a really, really high-level business, they'll say you get to the point where you just have to kind of not screw it up. You just kind of let it go. Now, obviously, you got to stay on things and hold the standard high for employees or whatever. But there are things that are unduplicable. I don't even think that's a word, but you, you get what I'm saying. That you can't duplicate. Because we, we've seen guys over and over try, and it fails every freaking time. So I hear what you're saying, and I think in theory it makes a lot of sense. In reality, it's a lot harder. I got Mitch Trubisky. I got NFL Network because the Jets and the Giants went to a rain delay. They just start going kind of like a, around the NFL all these games. I got Lamar Jackson scored a touchdown. Now I got my main man, Nagy, and Trubisky on TV. It's like football porn right now on my Samsung. It's freaking. Now it's preseason, but at least I'm getting to see the first drive of a lot of these teams. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Ooh, busted a big run there. God, football is back, baby. Football is back. Say it out loud. Kinda. I mean, the month of August is kinda. It's almost really back in September. Appreciate everyone listening. Tell all your friends. Subscribe. Download do whatever you got to do to listen and uh, i'll be back next week see you
0: all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, the wells fargo active cash credit card that's real life ready terms apply learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash
0: thank you for traveling with amex platinum to your right you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property when booked through amex travel you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m late checkout that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex hey guys back at the playground again huh